Lord, we are surrounded by threats. We are surrounded by hostility. We are surrounded by war and rumors of war. Those that are beyond us in other places in the world, those in our nation, those in our neighborhoods, those right in our own hearts and our minds, in our neighborhoods, Lord, that attack. Lord, we are people who long for peace. And we pray that you, as the great peacemaker, would come among us here today. May you be our teacher. May your word be open to us as we in turn are open to that peace that you've come to bring, that goes beyond that of the world. I pray it now in, in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Read this with you. Our verse, and actually the scripture that's been forming the basis of our summer series, let's take a look at that from Ephesians chapter 5, uh, the fruits of the Spirit. Uh-oh. We lost it. We'll get there. There it is. Let's read this together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right out of Ephesians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, as I was reminded today, and this is good to know, not fruits of the Spirit, is the fruit of the Spirit, and fruit plural, because God has given us this incredible gift of His indwelling Spirit by way of our calling as baptized children of God. What once was is no longer God has given us a new life, and part of that new life is to bear fruit. And Jesus talks about His disciples who will come after Him, who will bear much fruit. And yet, maybe you experience it too, that often it feels like we're wilting. Like it's just not what we've longed for it to be when it comes to being a treasured child of God. What gets in the way? Well, we come to a fruit such as peace. And you read that and you say, yeah, I long for peace. Raise your hand if you long for peace. I figured that might resonate with some of you. We're surrounded by it. You know what? It's happening in my neighborhood, and it's actually happening in my yard. There's a war going on right now, and it's not good. It's, it's ugly. There has been major bloodshed along the way. There's been an issue. Well, let me explain. Um, I have had a longing uh, for years. I mean, I, I, I go back, and I got into gardening when I was in high school. I loved landscaping ever since I had that summer job. I'm like, I want to do this. And, and, and everywhere we've lived, I've always taken a liking to planting things, and that hasn't always gone well. But one of my longings has always been uh, to have a house and plant knockout roses. They, they look like this. They're beautiful. How many of you have seen knockout roses? Gorgeous, and, and they thrive on sun, and you can't really grow them in the shade. And I have had a longing uh, to have roses. And, and finally, last fall, that longing came to fruition, was able to plant uh, multiple knockout rose bushes uh, along our side yard. And, and you know what? And, and the winter comes, and uh, I, I couldn't wait for spring to arrive because as I reminded you some weeks ago, as I was once taught that when you plant something the first year, you can expect it to weep. The next year, you can ex expect for it to start to creep. And then the third year, it starts to leap. And so I figured this was going to be the creeping year. Um, 
not to creep you out, but I couldn't wait for the rose bushes to emerge after the spring frost disappeared. And I started to watch and wait, and sure enough, these things started to come back to life, and, and, and they started to grow shoots. And, and then it happened, they, they bloomed, and I'm like, this is awesome. I, my whole life, I've longed for rose bushes, and here they are in my yard. And then one night, it all changed. I woke up in the morning with my morning coffee to go and admire the, the beautiful bushes and these beautiful blossoms of roses on these bushes, and they were all gone. And I'm thinking, what happened? How can this be? This is not supposed to happen like that. They're all gone. What are you? What happened? And and it was a couple days later. With my camera, I believe I caught the culprits. And I don't want you to be misled by that cute little face of that fawn. These deer are evil. They are of Satan, and I believe they were sent to attack my rose bushes. I mean, what else, how else would you explain it? And if you say, oh, come on, a deer wouldn't do that. Well, I Googled it and I found proof that they do, in fact, not only smell the roses, they also eat the roses too. This, this is really irritating. This is war. You realize that. And, and they have sabotaged, they have waged war on my bushes and, and, and my hostas, for that matter. They think they're lettuce. This is not funny, okay? I mean, this is a problem. And, and if that weren't enough, I'll show you another picture. Some days later, I stopped looking at the bushes because, I mean, after all, there were no blossoms on them anymore. There are no roses and I have to say, I kind of forgot about them for a few weeks until I revisited the bushes and I realized not only were there no rose petals or blossoms, they were also starting to shrivel and the leaves were developing uh, a, a problem. They were turning brown and they had holes in them. Some of them were covered in white webbing and, and I came to find out that they had developed a fungus and insects were attacking them. Now, I want to just think about that tri triple threat with you for a moment. I mean, bushes have been attacked. There is a war going on in my backyard. And it's ugly. And it's causing havoc. And it reminds me a lot of my life. And it might remind you a lot of your life. Because we get a lot of threats. And there is all out war being waged around us every day. Uh, if you've paid any attention to the news just this past week, I mean, there was a suicide bombing, I think, just yesterday or the day before. What was it? 125 people uh, were murdered in, in, by ISIS in a, a suicide bombing uh, or right on our own soil in, in Tennessee. And, and the man who comes in and opens fire on, on servicemen, five of them are now dead and a police officer still in the hospital. And... And I know they're not calling it officially an act of terrorism, but it seems like all the signals are there. And, and the war that continues to rage around the world in, in the face of terrorism, uh, it's very real. And, and we are constantly reminded that this is a very real war. And when it starts to come hit close to home, it, it reminds us that this is not going away. Ignoring it, pretending it's not there, isn't going to work. 
That's one kind of war that's being waged out there. We got other wars going on around us every day. And, and, and we got others closer to home on our own soil. I, mean, I think about the war against the unborn and, and, and the legalization of abortion in our nation. And this past week, how it came out, Planned Parenthood has been discovered to be actually selling organs of fetuses on the black market. I mean, think about that. Uh, in the midst of, of the legalization of the killing of unborn kids. There's a war that's been waged for years on unborn kids, and, and it continues in the atrocities of it all. Oh, we live in a war zone. It's around us every day. That isn't to mention the war against family values and, and, and biblical families, as, as God's word points it out in his truth of his word and the denial of, of God's word more and more in our culture. That cultural war is, is waging around us. And how do we respond? That's part of a war in our own hearts and souls. How do we continue to respond as our culture changes and as the threats and the attacks come our way? Is our calling to retaliate? And, or is our calling different than that? How would God lead us in a time like this in days of war? Well, if that weren't enough, there's other wars going on. Maybe it's the war in your own family. Maybe between your spouse. Maybe with a, a sibling or a child or a parent, and how the tensions can rise in a family dynamic. It does seem to be the case that we are experts at hurting those closest to us. And maybe that war of words or war of lack there of words because of the, the just ignoring each other and not even talking. I know some families that haven't talked to their siblings in years. And they may have even forgotten what it was all about, but they just know they're mad. And so life continues in a state of war and attack. Maybe the war that goes on is, is one that we've seen play out as well, the one that in our own lives of, of sin and, and rejection of, of God's will in our lives where we continue to pursue our own desires, our own wants, our own thoughts. And there's a war going on and in us. It's kind of like when Paul wrote about that. I, the good I want to do, I don't do. And the, the evil I don't want to do, I do. And, and that war of the flesh versus the spirit that goes back and forth and back and forth and that longing for peace. Maybe it's another kind of war we've seen play out on the national level this week too in recent days in the whole Confederate flag thing and, and, and the race relationship. And um, I've been watching this play out. I mean, just yesterday in the news, they had the ongoing demonstration, the Ku Klux Klan uh, showing up again, doing a demonstration and saying, we want the flag back. And they interview this woman who says, the day is going to come where white supremacy will rule again on this nation. Like, are you kidding me? Where are you coming from on this? I've shared this with some of you. That brings a, a war to mind for me. I, I was, uh, when I was on the class trip with the eighth graders to Washington, D.C., and one of the stops we made was at Gettysburg and, and being on this battlefield where thousands and thousands of soldiers from the north and the south shed their blood and, and this war that was so ugly and, and finally comes to a head. And, and, and I remember just saying, what is this for? I mean, has it been even solved yet? A war over racism and, and, and I, I, like, wow. And, and walking in, I, I, there was a museum there. And walking through the museum, and, and I was just emotionally wrecked by watching a video in one of the rooms of the museum where it showed 50 years later, after the, the Civil War had ended, and 
And as one of our tour guides had said, you know, Lincoln was the last casualty in the Civil War. And that just, I kept thinking about that, like, is that really true? <laughs> there have been many casualties since then. And, and, and going through the museum, and, and, and there's this video playing, and they were celebrating at Gettysburg 50 years after the Civil War, and he had all these dignitaries lining up on the battle lines, shaking hands, saying, isn't it great we're past those differences? And as the camera pans back, you see in the background that all the dignitaries are white. All those of influence and money are white. And in the background are all the servants, and they're all black. And you say, wow, isn't that great? 50 years later, we're past all of that. And, and it just, it wrecked me. I'm like, when are we going to get past this? And the riots were going on at that time in, in Maryland and traveling then to Washington, D.C. And uh, one of the names that, that I had longed to find on the Vietnam Memorial Wall is a man that, that I told you about in the past. His name is Milton Olive. Um, and he had been, at the age of 17, a young man who enlisted uh, to go for fight during the Vietnam War. And he met four other guys in, in basic training. They said, if we serve together, we're going to be willing to die for each other. And and they get on the battlefield, and within just several days, here's this young, basically a high school student, and a, a grenade lands between them, and he lays down his body on top of that grenade, and he saves his four friends, makes the ultimate sacrifice. He dies in the process. And you you got to wonder, like, what, what goes through the mind of somebody willing to make that ultimate sacrifice? And, and I'd always wanted to find his name on the wall because the story is is that those four other guys were interviewed some years later and they all said the same thing, that not a day goes by where Milton Olive's sacrifice does not resonate in their mind or their heart. And, and they said, it's like we have a greater purpose, a greater sense of being and, and reason for being in this world. His sacrifice brings value to our life. What I didn't know, after I found his name, which was kind of emotional in itself to find his name on the wall. Got on the bus, it was a rainy night, we're heading back to the hotel, and I just decided to Google Milton Olive's name, and, and it came up, and, and something I didn't know about him is that he was African American, and that he actually was the first Medal of Honor winner in the Vietnam War, laying down his life for his white soldier friends. And it all comes together. Sacrifice. What does real love look like? One who would lay down his life. And one as a follower of Christ, when we realize how Jesus, the one who doesn't come as a, key, a peacekeeper. And you know, I think this is really important when we get into what it means to find peace in Jesus, is we find a Savior who doesn't come, like many other religious leaders, to come and keep the peace. And just say, you just need to be at peace with your surroundings and at peace with your neighbor and at peace with the world and then everything will be fine. And then what happens then is we just kind of sweep it under the rug and pretend it's not there and everything's okay. But if everything's okay, how do we explain the cross? God would have to make the ultimate sacrifice to be a peacemaker. Not a peacekeeper, but a peacemaker. And to be a maker of peace, it would lead him 
to the cross. Notice what it says in our first reading today from Ephesians chapter 2. He says, for he, speaking of Jesus, himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. There it comes, through the cross, by which he put to death the hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him, both have access to the Father by one spirit. See, that spirit that opens our minds and our hearts to believe and trust in a God who called us by name through that gospel and the spirit working through that to realize the ultimate sacrifice, the peacemaker who comes that sets our hearts and our minds and our lives and our souls free, that goes beyond just what we see in this broken world, but gives us eyes for eternity that there is a greater peace that is to come, but the fullness of that peace we already experience here in the expectation and the longings for what is ahead. Maybe you could use some of that peace today. Peace for those relationships, peace at the workplace, peace in your neighborhood, peace in your community and nation, peace in the world. To be able to see with open eyes a different kind of look in the midst of war and the attacks, to have a peace that comes from God. When my bush looks so bad, and it didn't look like that anymore, I ended up calling a professional. I'd never had roses before. I didn't know what to do. You know what I learned? That you gotta actually take care of roses. And, and there's a pretty easy step. And I, in fact, I, I went to Home Depot, I got some. It's this three-step thing. It, it actually handles three things. It, it fertilizes, it, it, it insecticides, and it also, uh, what do you call it? Uh, against the fungicide, I guess fungicide. It does all three, and, and what I didn't realize about it is I thought I'd like spray something on the plant and that's how it handled, no, it actually works differently. You, you mix it with, with water and, and then you pour it at the base of the rose bush very carefully, and, and then what happens is the rose bush soaks it in and drinks it in and it actually becomes part of the bush. And, it becomes a fungicide protectant and an insecticide protectant and, and a fertilizer to bring health and well-being. And it comes from the inside out, but it comes from the outside in. And I, I tried it. And you know what happened in a couple weeks? Well, this is what they look like now. It works. And our God has come among us today to remind us that his presence and that gift to give us the ability to have a faith that is strong in the face of adversity, in the face of wars and, and attacks, and, and to be able to stand and, and realize our strength is not in our circumstances. It's not in whether or not all these things get resolved in our lifetime, but rather the fact it has been resolved ultimately for eternity in Christ, the one who brings peace. May he dwell in us and that fruit in his name. Amen.